Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Central Ice Podcast. For those of you who are uh, big Baseline Times fans and listen to First and Ten, one of the football podcasts, you might know me. I'm Mitch. And uh, joining me, well, I think I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, I'm Emily. I'm one of the Baseline Times interns for the summer. Um, I mean, I'll tell you a bit about myself. I'm from Chicago. I'm a big Chicago Blackhawks fan. Um, I'm a kind of a Montreal Canadiens fan because Andrew Shaw was on the team. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. So for those who uh, are avid fans of First and Ten, you guys will know I'm a Browns fan, and uh, I'm a just like Emily, I am a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan, which is honestly very surprising considering I live in New York. So I would not be surprised if people are a uh, little, little questioning of uh, my fan base choices, but it is what it is. My dad is born in Montreal. There's no bias there, I promise. But with that said, we're going to get into some surprises and some disappointments of the regular season and the earlier rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So... Emily, what was your biggest disappointment of the season? You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So even though the Edmonton Oilers were our division rivals in the North Division this year, and I would never root for another Canadian team, I would just say that the Edmonton Oilers were probably one of the bigger disappointments, um, considering just how much star power they have. Mike Smith was incredible this year in net, and while he didn't perform that well against my Habs, he was outstanding throughout the entire year, and that was something that they uh, that they needed and they haven't had in the past few years. They've had the star power. Obviously, you, you can't mention the Edmonton Oilers without speaking on Leon Dreisaitl and, of course, Connor McDavid, and that's in addition to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's a nice complimentary piece this year, although he, I don't think he's reached his full potential. And then Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse, of course. It's a well-rounded team, but obviously very top-heavy. Um, did not expect them to get swept by the Winnipeg Jets. I really didn't. Connor Hellebuck is a hell of a player, but it, it's very surprising. And honestly, it's very disappointing. Okay, so I just remember that the Florida Panthers was right. the... They made me sad a little bit. I mean, like... I don't know. It's just they have, like you said, they have the star power and they have a good goalie, Sergei Burpkovsky. He is really, really good. And he he should have. I mean, he did perform well, but he should have performed a little bit better for him to be able to, you know, beat the Tampa Bay team. But Tampa is a really good team. They have had a good record, but. It just made me sad because our the Chicago Blackhawks coach went there and I thought he was going to do so, so well. And he did. He like built them up so much, but it's just sad and a big disappointment for me. Oh, absolutely. There were, there were some goaltending questions going into the season for the Florida Panthers, but Bob Rovsky was solid throughout the whole year. And then when he started to decline a little bit and he wasn't feeling so well, maybe there were some injury concerns. You had the rookie. Spencer Knight, who came in and valiantly battled that top line of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it's tough to do much against Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and the like. So I can yeah. completely understand that. It was a fantastic season for Panthers fans, but it you know it brings up the question: you know, is is it fair to play Tampa? 
They're eighteen million dollars over the cap. I mean, this is what Dougie Hamilton of the Carolina Hurricanes was saying yesterday in an interview. It's you know you you never want to blame something like that, something out of your control. But it does beg the question: Is it uh, is it time the NHL revisits their cap rules in the playoffs because they were still dominant? They still had one of the best records throughout the year, and then they get Kucherov and Stamkos back with no cap uh, penalty. I don't huh. know. It's it's a kind of a gray area there. That's that's kind of shady. Kind of exactly. shady. What do you think? Oh, well for the cap, I mean, yeah, like everyone else has like you know, like that certain amount of cap like, you know, if they're eight, 18 million dollars over the cap, that shouldn't be happening. So I don't think it's fair for any of the NHL teams. Is that kind of like swept under the rug or like have people been actively like talking about it well it's definitely brought up conversation so it's not that it's not allowed the nhl does say in its rule book essentially what had happened was in the beginning of the season steven stamkos and nikita kucherov um were injured they were placed on long-term ir and when that happens their cap hit becomes null so essentially Mm -hmm. because they missed i believe kucherov missed the entire uh the entirety of the regular season i'm not sure about stammer but because they did not play for most of the season, they were, like I said, they were placed on long-term IR. And then at that point, their cap hit does not go against the team. So with the uh, with the money, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with the money that the Tampa Bay Lightning were saving um, by not having Stamkos and Kucherov in the lineup, they were able to go out and get more players and then essentially get Kucherov and Stamkos back for the playoffs because there is no cap. Uh, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So it's completely legal per se, but the question is, should that rule be changed? Because as we've seen in the NBA, super teams can be created that way. And it's just, it's not fun for that. So I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I, I go back and forth. It's just like, if they're put on IR, they need to keep that space for them. If they're, more than willing or they're the doctors clear them to come back you know what i mean yeah yeah. like they shouldn't be buying more players if they are expected back by the playoffs but like they i mean if they have like you know like the rosters kind of jibble jambled you know i i get it no i get it too yeah yeah it's tough it's just it's not fair for teams like the carolina hurricanes and you know your florida panthers it, it's a bummer yeah. for them to have to go through that. But I guess, you know, that's the way the league works. And Tampa, although they dropped game one against the Islanders, which we can get to in a few minutes, um, it still looks like they're still favored by um, Fox Bets to win that series. So it should be interesting. And mm-hmm. then they'd be there in their second Stanley Cup final in two years. So begs the question. Anyway, yeah. um, on to the surprises of the 2020-2021 NHL season. I think that Montreal Canadiens are probably one of the bigger surprises, but we've spoken a lot about them today. So, Emily, besides the Montreal Canadiens, what was one of the biggest surprises of the 2020-2021 NHL season to you? Oh, wow. The Just the regular season itself or well, the yeah, playoffs? You can talk about the playoffs as well. It, you know, it's whatever you want. Okay. Um... Let's see. I mean, the biggest surprise is the why the Penguins didn't go 
as far as the New York Islanders went, to be quite okay, honest. Yeah. I mm. mean, Sidney Crosby, uh, I call Jake him the Wentzel. rat. Yeah. yeah. Um, those guys, and like, got the goalie's name. Tristan Jari. There you go. That's <laughs> They are the, I feel like they're dominant, even though I hate their guts. They're very mm. a very dominant team. And that surprised me that they didn't go as far as the New York Islanders did. But with the New York Islanders having Matt Barzal and uh, and the Pollock Pollock scored yep. like good yesterday. He got I think he got like one goal in like the second period. And also Bailey, like they That's have Bailey, good yeah. good young and I mean dominant guys and on that team so i understand why they passed the penguins but they beat the penguins yeah which is interesting yeah i mean i agree i think that you mentioned the goalie and i think that was interesting christian jari many are blaming that entire series on him and i think that's valid to a certain point but if you're not scoring more goals than the other team, it's not like these games were decided seven six and your goalie led in seven goals. You know, you it, that was not the case. So, I don't think it's fair to completely put this series on Tristan Jari. With that mm-hmm. said, I think that the Penguins definitely miss Mark Andre Fleury, who they had and won three cups with. Oh, yeah. But with that said, you know, you like you said, they've got Jake Wenzel, they've got Evgeny Malkin, they have obviously one of the greatest players that we have ever seen, will ever see in uh, Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Islanders are definitely a sleeper team. They, after toppling the Penguins pretty decisively and then winning four, I believe it was four straight against the Bruins. Is this team for real? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's so tough to say. It's their goaltending that's keeping them in. Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, considering they're down Anders Lee, they haven't had him for months now, who is arguably their best forward. I mean, like you said, you know, Bailey, Barzell, Brock Nelson, a lot of guys have just stepped up. That next man mentality has been carrying them. Now, do you think that they're going to be able to topple Tampa? Oof. Um, I think they have the willpower and they have the people to. Mm-hmm. But I feel um, Andre Vasilevsky on Tampa is a powerhouse so i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if tampa beat them but it would be nice to see you know i i kind of call the islanders underdogs it'd be kind of be nice to see them instead of tampa because i'm kind of sick of tampa winning but you know (laughs) absolutely yeah no i i think that of um the two goals that they scored on Vasilevsky, at least the first one was incredible. A breakaway play by Matt Barzell opening up the goalie's legs and just putting it between his uh putting it through the five hole after a beautiful deke. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not letting in you know crappy goals. Mm-mm. Uh he's he's staying very sharp. I mean, you can see how frustrating it was you could see on his face just how annoyed with himself he was when he let that in. And that was the fourth or fifth breakaway in the game. And he'd saved the previous four or five. I mean, he was just playing incredible. And I, I really think that's interesting. So you think Andre Vasilevsky will be the X factor in this game, just like Carey Price was against the Penguins last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Fair. I think a team that doesn't get enough credit and very nearly beat the Vegas Golden Knights is the Minnesota Wild. 
they were my surprise of the season because they have they haven't had the greatest history uh, in the previous few years, but their drafting has just been insane. I mean, when you talk about um, you talk about immediate impact players, you have you can't you can't talk about that subject without mentioning Kirill Kaprizov. He has just been phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. Like what a steal by the Wild, and he is one of the reasons um, why they have gone so far. Just to be able to make that kind of an impact on your first season of the NHL. I mean, this guy's not even 23 years old. And in the um, he had 27 goals and 24 assists in 51 games. Oh, That's my word. <laughs> very nearly a point per game. That is four less points than games played. Huh. I mean, that's just incredible. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I honestly can't believe that. And then not only... Um, not only just uh, Kirill Kaprizov, but the Wild had another rookie that was obviously not as good, but um, like just their drafting has been incredible. And then they, after being down three goals, um, sorry, after being down three one against the Vegas Golden Knights, they stormed back for a game seven, and that was obviously they ended up losing, but they were they were very surprising. I expected the Hurricanes to be great this year. Did not expect the Wild to be great. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty fair. The the Wild, they fought till the end. They literally fought till the end, and that's how you know. That's how how they show that they're the most. They're one of the best teams, I think, too. Even though they're a rival, the Blackhawks. I mean, they're a good team. They're a really yeah. good team. No, exactly. I was thinking that. Um, I really thought they were going to come back and win that game. I won't lie, but yeah, you know, it's a. It's a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So with that said, we just spoke about Tampa and New York. You, well, actually, we didn't get an official prediction from you. Who do you have winning uh, that series? You said you think Andre Vasilevsky will be the X Factor. Well, let's hear it. Your life's on the line. Which team are you siding with? Ooh, dang. I think even though I said Tampa was going to win, I think I got the Islanders. You have the Islanders. Okay, and how many games do you think? Oh, um, ooh, I think I think they're going to play a little back and forth. You know what okay. I mean? Like 1-1, yep. 2-2, one, one, two, two, like kind of back and forth. I think they're going to hit game six or seven, but I think they're going to win in four. You think they're going to win in four? Yes. You think the <laughs> Islanders are going to sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning? <laughs> That's, that's well, my you goal. heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> on Central Ice Podcast. We are now predicting a 4-0 sweep on the defending Stanley Cup champions. Well, as much as I love the as much as I love the enthusiasm, I don't think it'll be quite that simple. I was talking to my Islanders uh, fan friend yesterday, and we both agreed that the Tampa is either going to win in five games or the Islanders are going to win in seven. It is my belief that. If the Islanders can drag the games out and tire out the defending champions and maybe even have them overlook them, then they have a chance to win in seven. But there's a pretty good chance that Tampa Bay storms back. They are not happy that they lost at home in game one with all of their fans there. Mm -hmm. They nearly came back in the end, scoring a goal with, I believe, 57 or 58 seconds left in regulation and then having 
a plethora of chances, and even in the last 57 seconds, they had another minute or two. I would say that they tie that game. So they're going to have a lot of momentum coming into game two. And I think it's likely that Tampa could win in as little as five games. But that's the beauty of hockey. You never know exactly what's going to happen. You just have to enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, I, dang, I, I think I want to, I think I want to change mine. <laughs> you want to change your answer? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to sweep the lightning. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think, cause the reaction from you, I, I kind of second guess. <laughs> no, myself. no, no. It's your prediction. It's your prediction. I know. Oh, I think. They're going to go to game five or six. Okay. All right. So you think Tampa steals one or two? I mean, that is interesting. You could look at Island, the Islanders winning on home ice in two different ways. You could look at it as motivation for the uh, Lightning to storm back, or you could look at it as, as a sign of weakness and, um, and a sign of giving up from the Islanders, a sign of that. Or sorry, from the Lightning, that they are not, they are not the same team as last year and they don't have the legs to carry themselves the distance. So it's, it all, really comes down to how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. But game two of that, um, we are recording this on Monday the 14th, and game two of that series is uh, Tuesday at 8 Eastern or 7 Central. But now I feel like we should end the episode with a prediction for game one of my Habs taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas. And just as of time, as of recording this, six hours from now, sorry, five hours from now, I'll mm-hmm. let you start. My predictions, dang. Oh, so they got two dominating goalies. You got yep. Mark Andre Fleury on the Vegas Golden Knights, and then you have Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, an ex Hab, and mm-hmm. you got a former captain too. Yeah, and. Oh, William Carlson. Those those guys have been consistent. Even though Max Pacioretty yeah. was a little bit hurt for a while, but like I feel like they've been the most consistent and the best in their career playoffs. And then the Habs. We got Carey Price. We got Brendan Gallinger. We got who else? We got. Let me think here. The uh, Suzuki. You know, a little rookie. Mm-hmm. He's doing great. He's not a rookie it's, anymore, but he's still barely twenty-one years old. Yeah, his 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 age. I'm I'm just gonna call him a rookie. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean he might as well have. I mean, considering his first his first real season with the Habs was like COVID. I mean, do you even count that? So yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, who I people are making predictions that Vegas is gonna win. There, I I've seen it already, but like. Their Montreal is still so good, and I feel like Carey Price is gonna like help them out of the gutter a little bit if they aren't like you know breaking even with each other. So I think am I getting doing like the what like let's do the game first tonight. Game first tonight. So who I think is gonna win? They're in Vegas. They're in Vegas. So I think Vegas is going to take this one because at home people in are insane. Fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to they're going to win it I think for sure this first game, but you know, 
we'll have to see. But the the fans are like a selling point, I feel like. So I think Agreed. Vegas is going to win. So I'm going to disagree. I actually think the Montreal Canadiens are going to take this game. I'm not sure about the series yet. I'll have to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And this is in no way, shape, or form me trying to be some cocky, um, some cocky ass fan and who blindly supports his team. Um, I'm purely just going off of the numbers as of right now. Carey Price leads all play all remaining goalies in save percentage, goals allowed per game, and basically every metric of goaltending. He has completely reverted back to his 2014-2015 Hart self. Yes, that's Hart, not Vesna. Hart, the only goalie to ever win the NHL MVP award. I mean, I think Price knows that this is his last chance at a cup if he wants one, and I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that that's, that's kind of the mentality he takes away from it. it. Should they win? Not. But if they lose, it's not going to be on him. I just... It breaks my heart. I wish Henrik Lundqvist had won a cup in his time, and I hope Carey Price wins one because this Habs team, you you went over the Golden Knights. They've got some crazy offensive talent. Um, in addition to the uh, incredible players you named, they've got Marcheseau, who had a hat trick just a few games ago against Philip Grubauer and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, but you got Nick Suzuki. You got Cole Caulfield. You got Tyler Toffoli, Brendan Gallagher, the mm-hmm. defensive side. Petrie will not be playing tonight, who is one of our best offensive defensemen and was at one point uh, a candidate for the Norris, but you still got Shea Weber back there. Shea sure. Weber is angry. Shea Weber is mm-hmm. annoyed, and Shea Weber wants a damn cup. So I think that this game is going to be incredible, and just considering Montreal is on a seven-game win streak, they've got momentum, and they have rest. And that's something they have not had since right. January of this year because of their COVID outbreak. They were playing essentially – every two nights for the past five months. So, or sorry, not past five months, past four and a half or so. So it's going to mm-hmm. be a battle. And for those who don't know, Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar on the Montreal Canadiens were actually traded to Montreal from Vegas in return for their former captain, Max Pacioretty, as Emily mm-hmm. alluded to. So this is going to be a really, really interesting game. See how the tensions are. Um, before we move on from the subject, I just wanted to include a quick anecdote because the first game where Vegas played Montreal following the Pacioretty trade, I was actually at that game in the Bell Center in Montreal. And when Pacioretty Ooh. skated through the tunnel, the Habs fans were booing him. And I was not one of them because I knew it wasn't his fault. But you also spoke earlier um, about the fans. And both of these teams are have some of the craziest fans in uh, in the NHL, and I can attest to that because the game ended up going to a double shootout, and with the Canadians eventually winning on Thomas Tatar's goal. <laughs> so it was the storyline: Max Pacioretty scored against Carey Price in the shootout, and Thomas Tatar ended the game. Just in the five minutes from um, walking down to not even the street level, just the first floor of the Bell Center from where uh, my cousin and I were sitting. We witnessed four fights breaking out. So when we say the these fans are absolutely nuts, we are not uh, we are not embellishing in any way, shape, or form. This game's going to get crazy. Yeah. And this will also be the first time a Canadian team plays an American team in over a year. So Dang, yeah, because in the playoffs that's not it's I think it's rare to see a Canadian team, isn't it? It's rare well. Uh, in today's year, yeah, or in, th- yeah. in this year because of the playoffs, but um, 
in traditional years, um, there are Canadian teams scattered in the playoffs because in traditional years, there isn't an all-Canadian team. Right. Or an all-Canadian um, division. They just did this because of COVID protocol. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. A lot of people did not expect the Montreal Canadiens to be the front runners out of the North, but here we are. It's a crazy world. <clears throat> and they mm-hmm. dropped the puck at 9 o'clock Eastern and 8 o'clock Central. So, mm-hmm. oh, man, I can't wait. I'm just sitting here. I'm getting all excited. I was watching uh, Montreal Canadian hype videos just before we started this interview. I feel like I have to confess that to get in the mood for hockey. I will be wearing my dirty, unwashed Carey Price jersey, which will not be washed until we are eliminated from the playoffs or either w- or win the cup. So we have at least a few more days until my old jersey gets washed. <laughs> oh, goodness. I know. <laughs> so, uh Thank you all for listening. I believe that's all we have for this episode. Again, that's Monday the 14th. We'll be coming at you in a few days with a recap of the next games. We'll probably be coming at you in about a week or so. Check in on the standings. Check in on the records within the games themselves. And I think by then we'll have a better idea of who we're going to see in the Stanley Cup. And beyond that, who might win the Stanley Cup. So yeah. that's all from me, Emily. Do you have anything you want to add? No, thank you for having me. Thank you. Of course. All right, we'll be coming back at you in, like I said, in a few days. And again, this has been Mitch and Emily. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to Baseline Times on Instagram. Follow them on Instagram. Subscribe to them on YouTube. Follow them on Apple Play. And if you're a football fan, check out First and Ten. We're doing draft coverage right now and preseason predictions. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.